This is episode 70, All Things Football. Good afternoon. Welcome to Flying in Sports, where we fly around nationwide talking about what's going on in the sports world. I'm your host, Joey Polizzi, alongside my co-host, Kevin Garcia. And today, we will, we will be discussing the best games of week nine. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Flying in Sports underscore podcast. Welcome to our 70th episode. And before we begin with the NFL games, Kev, let's talk about the college football playoff rankings that was released on Tuesday nights. What is your initial thoughts with these, with this, the first rankings of the season? Um, so, number four right away kind of blew me out of the water with Oregon. Um, they've had a pretty impressive campaign thus far, but for me, they just haven't won big enough to be a top four team. And they lost that game to Stanford in overtime a few weeks ago. And then a couple weeks ago, they only beat UCLA by three, who's a pretty good team. But if you're going to be a top four team, I think you need to be ranked higher than that. And I saw them, I didn't see them anywhere near the college football playoff when they lost to Stanford, just because I thought that was a huge loss to them. And it's a loaded top four. And so mm. that's just a little, little mind-blowing seeing them at number four right away, even though they are 7-1, and one, but, I mean, still not convincing me. Yeah, I agree. I think Oregon at four is really what, you know, really surprised me. The only reason that I think the committee has to justify Oregon at four is because they beat Ohio State the second week of the season. I think that's the biggest way that they got into the top four. Because we know Ohio State's a good team. They also have one loss, and their only loss is to Oregon. So I think the committee didn't want to put Ohio State over Oregon, and the only way they did that was to have Oregon at four. And I think that's that's what it comes down to, and head-to-head is huge. But number three, Michigan State, you came off – they came off with an impressive win. They're undefeated. I think number three, Michigan State, you think that's a fair spot for them? Yeah, I like that. They're a, they're a solid team, well-built all around. Yeah, especially the running back, Kenneth Walker, and the Heisman. Yeah, he's a stud. He Two yards against Michigan. Yeah, he had five touchdowns. Yeah. That, that's crazy. insane. But, yeah, they number three, and, of course, Alabama, you know, always got to be in the top four. They are number two, number one, Georgia. How about number six, the Cincinnati? I saw that. Not in the top four. They're undefeated. What are your thoughts on this? Because, yet again, Cincinnati is not getting respect. Yeah, I'm. They are my number four team, but I, I guess I understand just because the last two weeks haven't been impressive one bit. Uh, they're up by two at Tulane at halftime and scraped one out against Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Navy's. I don't know if anyone knows, but they run the triple option, and that is hard to defend. I don't care who you're playing. It's teams like Navy, Georgia Tech, whoever else runs that can beat you on any given day. So that score being a seven point game. Doesn't blow me away, but the Tulane first half was rough. They figured it out defensively second half. Um, but for me, they're my number four team just because they're eight and zero, beat up on Notre Dame. They got mm-hmm. some good wins, impressive wins, and I just think because they're not a Power Five conference team, that oh. they uh, that mm-hmm. they're holding them out of the top four. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know, looking at the remaining regular season schedule for them, they got Tulsa who is not ranked, South Florida, who is now not ranked. And they do play SMU. And SMU has, has been a better squad this year than in prior years. We'll see 
They are not in the top 25 for the college football playoffs, but they've been better this year. They are 23rd for the AP. Yeah, they are ranked 23rd in the AP. They did just lose to Houston this past week, who is 20th ranked. So we will see what they plan to do with Cincinnati. I believe if Cincinnati does win out and if Cincinnati wins the conference championship for their conference, I think you have to give them it, you know, going undefeated. But you never know. Look at a couple of years ago with UCF, man. They they won it all. They won. They went undefeated. They didn't make the top four. So these powerhouses obviously have an advantage, and it's not fair to those colleges like Cincinnati. But the last thing I want to talk about here is number eight, Oklahoma. Oklahoma yep. is undefeated. But they are number eight, and teams like Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, and Alabama all have one loss and are above them. Do you think Oklahoma at eight is the right move, or should they be a little bit closer to the top four? No, I don't like Oklahoma. No? Beat up on Texas Tech this last week, but mm-hmm. sucked against Kansas. Um, somehow beat Texas after being down by 20, I think. Um, beat Kansas State by six, barely beat West Virginia. They just aren't impressive enough, and they don't win games with a big enough margin to be one of those top schools. And I, I haven't liked them. Um, never once like Spencer Rattler. Glad he's out of the picture now just because I heard this news, like, oh, he's projected number one pick, blah, blah, blah. The kid, he's not very good, if I'm being honest. I love that Caleb Williams just came in and shut him up. Yep. But I – don't think Oklahoma's good enough to compete with those big dogs, big dogs, excuse me, towards the top four. Yeah, and if you look at Oklahoma's resume so far, they have not beat anyone who's currently ranked right now. And they beat Tulane, WCU, Nebraska, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas, TCU, and Kansas. Five, one of those teams are very those, good. Yeah, no. Five of those nine are less than 10-point wins. As a top yeah. four team, you can't have that. So that's why they're down towards nine yeah. or eight. And, I just think Texas, you know, they're they're an okay squad, but, you know, they were previously ranked or not anymore. But you look at Oklahoma's upcoming schedule. They played Baylor, who was ranked 14th, and Oklahoma State, who's ranked 11th. So they have plenty of opportunities if they want to make the college football playoffs. They have the opportunities here. Two out of the next three weeks, they play ranked opponents. If they win, there's a good chance that they might fall in the top four, don't you think? Yeah, and Iowa State, they played too, and they were a top-10 team at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, let's not shy them. If, if they win out, I think they have a much better argument yeah. to be in the college football playoff. 12-0, and finishing up against three solid ball clubs. Um, I think they'll get them in over the likes of an undefeated Cincinnati just because they're in the Big 12. Um, but I don't see them winning out. Yeah. I don't. I I, I think Oklahoma's – Oklahoma State's a high-powered offense is going to beat them down. And I think also one of Iowa State or Baylor will get a win out of them too. Yeah, especially how Oklahoma's been playing. Very shaky. You know, some of these games that they're playing, they should win by 20, 25 points, and they're barely escaping. So we'll see how Oklahoma plays the next couple of weeks. they got some tough opponents. And, you know, if they're able to win these games, man, there's a good chance that we will see them in january but now before we dive into the games one more little thing let's talk about fantasy football a little bit let's talk about some waiver wire pickups you know with injuries you know really taking a big part of this season another big injury this weekend and derrick henry who will be out for the season is there a certain running back on the titans that you're going after from a fantasy perspective is it jerry mcnichols or is it 36 year old 
Adrian Peterson, or is it even none of those, and you're not really targeting either one? Um, I'm targeting Jamie McNichols. Um, we know Derrick Henry's a freak, but we also know that that offense isn't good enough to re- rely heavily on the pass, and they do just fine with their offensive line, um, opening up holes for Derrick Henry. So, I mean, Derrick Henry's great in the open field, and he's great getting through a line of scrimmage, but there's also plenty of times where the holes are wide open on the line of scrimmage, and I think Jeremy McNichols will be fine there. I don't, I don't like 36-year-old Adrian Peterson. I think he'll be more of a complimentary guy. Um, just mix up the tempo occasionally. I don't think – I think it's just insurance, just so they have a name other than McNichols if he goes down. I think that's the way they're playing it. Mm-hmm. I also think they might use him similar to how – I don't know if you saw the Eagles game, how the Eagles use Jordan Howard, bring him in at the goal line, score some touchdowns. And, like, Jordan Howard, two touchdowns this weekend. They brought him in at the goal line. It, it worked. It really did. That might be similar to Adrian Peterson, what they do there. But I think Jeremy McNichols is definitely in PPR formats, too. He can catch some passes. So if you're looking for you know, a long-term guy, Jeremy McNichols might be your guy. But how about the Eagles now? Because coming out of last week, Miles Sanders got hurt, and everyone thought that Kenneth Gainwell was the guy to step up. However, it was Boston Scott. Boston yep. Scott took the majority of the snaps last weekend, and he looked good doing it. So is Boston Scott – a big priority this week, or are you staying away from the Eagles backfield completely until Miles Sanders gets back? Um, if you want one of the running backs, I go Boston Scott. Um, he averaged five yards a carry. Kenneth Gainwell, I don't even think he averaged more than two and a half. He averaged 2.1. Mm-hmm. So I would avoid him. Um, I would avoid any back, but if you want to get one, Boston Scott. But I mean, they beat up on the Lions, and mm-hmm. if there's one thing that we've learned with Miles Sanders being in that backfield is that their coaching staff is trying to pass the ball as much as they can. Hmm. Um, they're trying to pass the ball, try and give an RPO to Jalen Hurts, let him run a little bit. They just don't utilize their backs as much. And I think this 44 to six win is not convincing enough to pick up one of their running backs in hopes that they're going to run later down the road. Yeah. And exactly. Like if you want to pick up one of these guys, like, and you need someone like now you could plug them in easily, but, Miles Sanders, you know, they said only three weeks he was going to be out. One week already passed. Now you're looking at two more weeks. And we'll see. They'll reevaluate him. But it could only be two more weeks that you have of uh, Boston Scott if you want to pick him up. It's, it's a risky situation. But if you do need someone and you need to plug him in because, you know, you had Derrick Henry or you're struggling at running back, then, yeah, I think he's a good fit until Miles Sanders gets back because, you know, Miles Sanders there is starting running back for the Eagles, but anyone else kept that you're targeting uh, this week in fantasy football, some waiver wire pickups. Yes. Uh, one guy I'm going after is Brian Edwards. A uh, few targets just opened up with uh, rugs being sidelined for probably a few years. Um, Do you see that news, Joey? Yeah, that was, uh, I just feel bad for the yeah. person who lost their life like that. That's very sad. You know, Henry Ruggs had had to just call on Uber a left, and obviously he'll regret that decision probably for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. Tough situation. Horrible story. But a uh, few more uh, few more targets just opened up. And Brian Edwards, I like. Hunter Renfro, if he's available, grab him. He's the one gonna that's going to get the most um, boom in his production with uh, Ruggs gone. And But I think Brian Edwards will excel. I don't know if his targets 
are going to shoot up like crazy, but now he will be used deep downfield very frequently, and he has elite speed to beat any defender. Yeah, and with Hunter Refo, he's been one of the fantasy football's most reliable players. You know, he, he gets targeted a lot. He gets those receptions, 5 for 60, 7 for 50. Like, he gets you some points. Like, it might not be 25, 30 points like some players, but he will get you at least 10 points. He has a high floor. And that's what you like in fantasy football. And I'm sure with Henry Ruggs now out of the situation, there's going to be targeting. I'm not Henry Ruggs was getting a lot of targets, but he was still getting six, seven targets every game. That has to open up more for Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards. And I think Brian Edwards could be a great pickup, especially if you need some receiver help, some flex help. That could be a great pickup this season. Any last ones, Kev? No, those those are my top three. Those were, okay. Um, One guy I will say – might might be available, might not, is Rashad Bateman. You know, he's mm-hmm. coming into the game plan a little more each week. Last week they had a bye. He's coming off an injury. You know, he got his first action three weeks ago, and he's looked pretty good with Lamar Jackson. Like, the chemistry looks there. And if he's still available, I would pick him up. You know, this Ravens offense doesn't pass too much, but when they do, you know, it's Marquise Brown, not really Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews, and – Hopefully, Rashad Bateman can get more involved in the offense. But now let's talk about the best games of Week 9. We'll go through five games here. We'll pick them, we'll go through them, and we'll move on to the next. Let's start with the first game of the 12 o'clock slate, one of the best games of the day between the Cleveland Browns against the Cincinnati Bengals. And both coming off bad losses, the Browns, you know, didn't play good against the Steelers. That's why they lost, only scoring 10 points. And the Bengals, in a in a winnable game, 100%, 10-point favorites, they lose against the New York Jets. So, Kev, what are your thoughts on the Bengals now? You know, 5-2, and two, they were number one seed in the AFC as of last week. But now with the loss against the Jets, are you reevaluating this Bengals team? Yeah, uh, it was a little concerning. They're uh... – that last week, uh, especially against the Jets. I mean, they were winning too, and Jets came back. They're still a good ball club. Don't get me wrong. They are They are a good team. Um, they're just not running the ball well enough right now. And that, that offensive line is struggling. And the Browns just kind of got beat up on the ground the other day by the Steelers, and that's not a great offensive line there in Pittsburgh either. And so I think that front line with Clowney and Garrett is going to come out pissed off. And I think I think they're going to beat down on that Bengals offensive line. And Joe might have a decent day, but I don't think they're going to move the ball enough. And I think Chubb is going to shove it down their throat on the ground as well. So I got Browns in this one. Yeah, you know, all season long I've been saying, you know, this Bengals defense has been underrated. They're playing very, very good football on defense. Well, you give up 34 points to the Jets, 34 points. And – in a game that you should win, looking on next week in a divisional matchup against the Browns, this was a game that the Bengals had to win. I still think that they have a solid football team this year, but losing games like that is unacceptable, especially for this Bengals team. The Browns, the Browns have also been a little disappointing. You know, four and four. A lot of people had this team winning the division. Obviously, there's a good chance they still do, but they're last now in the tough AFC North. So they have to figure some things out. They're still without Kareem Hunt. But I still am going to go with the Browns here. The Bengals, as you mentioned, haven't been running the football well. Joe Mixon couldn't do it against the Jets' defensive line. 
The Browns' defensive line is much better. Miles Garrett, Browns have a better defense than the Jets. I look for the Browns to really attack the Bengals on offense with Nick Chubb and on defense just contain Jamar Chase. It's hard for the the Browns with, you know, the Bengals playmakers. They got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Like, they're talented on offense, but I think the big liability for the Bengals is that offensive line, and that's going to be the biggest downfall for the Bengals in Week 9. So I'm going to go with the Browns here. I'm going to go with you as well, Kev. And it's going to be very interesting now in the AFC North with both teams being 5 and 4. Next up, let's talk about the Vikings and the Ravens. So the Vikings had a prime opportunity to go above 500 for the first time this year at home against the Dallas Cowboys with the Cowboys' backup quarterback, Cooper Rush, starting. However, the Vikings lost that game, didn't look good, and the Ravens are coming off a bye. So do the Vikings get back on track, or did the Ravens do enough during their bye, regather everyone after a tough loss to the Bengals and get a victory here in week nine. Um, Quick update though. I'm pretty sure the Braves just won the world series. My roommates clapping. Yeah. The Braves um, did just win the world <laughs> series. So congrats to the Braves. Wild yeah. story for them, but crazy how they won. Um, But I think, I think Ravens are going to win this one. I don't think the Vikings are going to come back strong enough. And I think the Ravens after getting manslaughtered by the Bengals before their bye week, I think they made good adjustments, had two weeks to prepare for this Vikings team. Um, and I, I don't see the Ravens losing back-to-back games here this season. So, Yeah, especially after a bye, I think the Ravens, you know, they're going to get back on track in this game. The Vikings, they they are a good team, but they play bad football sometimes, and that's the biggest downfall for the Vikings. They're a very up-and-down team. I can 100% see them winning this game, 100%. Like, they've beaten the Seahawks. They've played some good football this year. They should have beat the Cardinals, but – the Ravens at home, I think they get back on track after the bye. They come back, win this football game, and, you know, they come out victorious. But the Vikings now 3-5, and five, and I think if they lose this game, Mike Zimmer has to be on the hot seat. Next up, let's talk about the 3 o'clock game and talk a little bit about this Packers and Chiefs game. And we looked at this season before, you know, week one, we were saying Packers-Chiefs, this might be the game of the year. Well, things have changed, Kev. The Chiefs do not look very good. They're 4-4. Four and four. You know, they are home in this game. But what are your thoughts on the Chiefs this season? Because they have not looked good at all. Their defense is horrendous. I mean, they're giving up 40 yards per drive in the air <laughs> right now. It's worse than the NFL. They're giving up 6.6 yards per, um, per play. That's horrible. Not going to get it done in the NFL. And... I mean, Mahomes has had a few crazy picks this year, so not all of them are on him, but defenses are just starting to figure them out. They're starting to key on where the big guys are going to be, and they're kind of getting used to their cross-path cross routes that they run. I mean, you got guys starting on opposite ends of the field crossing each other, and they get lost in the traffic. And I think teams are starting to figure that out with some more zone plays um, and whatnot, and, you know, they, they've been hurting without Clyde. They don't really have a run game right now. Um, so, I mean, they, they barely squeaked out against the Giants and that was, that was tough to see, but Packers can't go against them in this game. Aaron Rodgers down three receivers came out and beat the last undefeated team in the NFL. I mean, he'll find a way to expose that defense more than it already has been this year. 
Yeah, the Chiefs, like, I don't know. They're a completely different team this year. Now they have to play the Packers, who've looked very good. They've had a long week. You know, they played on Thursday. They have 10 whole days to get ready for the Chiefs. The Chiefs, on a short week, because they played on Monday, have to play the Packers. The Packers, 7-1 and one now. It's going to be a very good game. This is a big test for the Chiefs. You know, it's weird saying this, but the Chiefs have to win this game if they want any shot at, you know, gaining respect in the league and have a good shot at making the postseason. Because right now, they're on the outs. They are on the outs. They're tied with the Browns and the Patriots. They're on the outs. And they got to win this game at home. Who do you pick, Kev? I'm taking the Packers. I think mm-hmm. I think it will be a good game. Um, I just – I don't think the Chiefs are going to execute when they need to execute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, actually, with the Chiefs. I, I might be stupid for doing this, but I think at home, I think they're going to figure it out. I've been saying this all year. I still have confidence in the Chiefs, but it's a big game for them. This is a huge game. I'm going to go with them. Patrick Mahomes, that offense is still lethal. Packers still banged up on defense. No Jair Alexander. I think the Chiefs get it done here in a very close game. Let's talk about one more game before we end. Let's talk about the Sunday night game between the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Rams. The Titans will be without Derrick Henry. So now, Titans no Derrick Henry. Can Ryan Tannehill, not just in this game, Kev, but all season long, can he get it done without Derrick Henry? No, I don't think so. Defense has really just got a key on an A.J. Brown now with Julio Jones being a walking hospital every other week. Um, so I don't I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. I don't, especially with Jalen Ramsey on the Rams defensive end. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'll be shadowing in A.J. Brown's area majority of the night, although I know he moves around the field quite mm-hmm. often. He could pretty much play any position, probably nose guard if they need him to. Um, but I – I just don't trust him. Like I've been seeing Ryan Tannehill throw the ball this year, and it just doesn't look confident. And when you don't have that running game to back it up, I mean, I just don't know how you expect that you're going to make plays. They don't have a tight end right now. Ferkshire's okay, but like he doesn't do anything for them. Julio Jones is always hurt. Josh Reynolds isn't really used as much as we thought he might be. It's really just Tannehill and A.J. Brown at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't see that getting the job done this week. And – it really hurts them the rest of the season. They're going to lose a couple games that they shouldn't be without Derrick Henry. Yeah, I've been saying this for a long time. Like, this is Derrick Henry's team. Like, it runs through him. When he has a bad game, so does the team. And now this is big, big opportunity for Ryan Tannehill to show everyone that, no, this is his team. He's the quarterback. He runs his team. And I just don't see it. They will be a playoff team. I don't think they go farther than, you know, first, second round. You know, with Derrick Henry, they had a good shot at being, you know, making a deep playoff run. But now with a weak defense, no Derrick Henry, I think, you know, the Titans are going to struggle a lot in football games. And that is why I think they still do the win. They still do, still do win the division, I should say, but they won't go much farther than maybe the wild card round. But in this game, on the road against the Rams, who just acquired Von Miller, I don't see them going into Los Angeles and beating them. So I'm going to go Rams. What do you think, Kev? I'm taking Rams as well. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. Yeah, I, I, don't. I don't think so either. I think the Rams are just a better team. And before we end here, Kev, are your Steelers going to get a win against the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football? I mean, 
they uh, they held down Cleveland's stellar run offense. Mm-hmm. Our pass defense is pretty solid, and I know that the Bears just can't really throw the ball right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I I think it's going to be a field day for TJ Watt, um, but I don't think it's going to be a field day on the scoreboard because okay. we know that Steelers offense is just that as bad as moving the ball consistently um so bears fans i'm right there with frustration while watching the games um although it's a little easier when my defense is a little better and can hold a solid cleveland defense at 10 points um but it's also different when i trust mike tomlin leading the charge and bears fans want pretty sure their Mm -hmm. entire personnel out of chicago at this point um (laughs) but i i it's going to be a really good game. I think the Steelers will win. I think they will, but I'm also scared. <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I'm scared because of Chris Boswell's condition. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever say a game would come down to a kicker, but let me tell you, Chris Boswell is one of the best kickers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He does not miss. His accuracy percentage is up there with Justin Tucker the last couple seasons. And it's just scary not having him. I mean, we struggle. We, we, we first kick off without him. We kicked the ball out of bounds. Our punter, <laughs> our punter came in and kicked out of bounds. I know they're going to sign someone off the practice squad or off the whatever. I don't know if they have kickers on practice squad, but they'll get a kicker. They will. But it's just scary because Boswell is locked down. You need a 55-yarder, he's got you. He, you need back-to-back 30-yarders, he's got you. You need mm-hmm. a solid kickoff pinned in the corner, he's got you. He just can do it all. He's a very good kicker. And if this game comes down to a field goal, I don't know. I'll be holding my breath. But <laughs> I think I think the Steelers will win just because the defense is stronger, and I think Bears are going to have a tough time moving the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Steelers in this game as well. I just think the Bears, Bears are just not a good offensive team. They showed spurts of it against the 49ers, but now Matt Nagy's back. So I think that's going to yeah. be the downfall of Steelers, the Bears' offense. Steelers' young offensive line is finally finally figuring it out. Yeah, Najee's, Najee's been running the ball well, and yeah, uh, and so we'll, we'll see. We'll see though. It's I don't know. I'm scared. Big Ben's older. <laughs> big yeah, Ben's I old. mean, <laughs> this is a big game for the Steelers, man. Because a lot of people have doubted them, and if you can come out on a Monday night win and go five and three after nine weeks, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good chance to make the postseason. Yeah, I'll tell you what though, Pittsburgh's play calling has been significantly better lately. They, uh, you know, we a few weeks ago we talked about how all they do is run the ball for three yards, pass mm-hmm. it for two, and then it's third and whatever mm-hmm. every drive. But now they're not slinging the ball downfield, but they are really mixing up with the play action and Big Ben's RPO. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's been doing great things with that RPO, and I think the formations that Tomlin and Canada have been calling lately have been really confusing defenses because they're switching it up consistently, and you never know what you're going to get from the formation that you see. So they've been doing a good job of play calling, and I hope that that helps them this week against a pretty decent Bears defense. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say great, but they got some guys who are performing well. And, you know, they got big names, Roquan, Khalil. Jalen Johnson's been amazing this year. Um, you, know, you know they got guys who are going to be able to lock down, and I'm just hoping that we're able to kind of lose those guys and kind of overcome the talent that they have. Yeah. It's going to be a big game for the Steelers for sure if they want to make the postseason. This is a must-win game. But this will end our 70th episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed. 
Check back next week where we continue to talk about the sports world. We're flying in sports, and we'll catch you on the next flight.